One. Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven minutes. Seven <laughs> minutes is all I have to play with you. Eight. What? We don't have an eight. Capcom doesn't want an eight. Sit down. <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> Welcome to the Fan Freaks Podcast. <laughs> Hi, guys. How's it going? You're listening to the show where we freak out about our favorite movies, games, comics, and any media in between. It is I, the Bone King, and I am joined by... The masterful dude of doodliness, the face that runs the place, the host with the most, Adrian Mikewes. What's up, guys? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for stopping by. Today's show is going to be a very, very uh, special episode. It is going to be a question of the week. And I think if you saw our previous episode, you'll see where we're kind of coming from with this. We wanted to go ahead and ask you guys, what makes a remake? Because I feel like that term is being thrown around very often. And it's like we just accept anything that has the word remake on it as what it is. Even though companies have sold games to us as completely different things. <coughs> HD collection. Um, but, uh, anyway, <laughs> before we get into that, we're going to go into some of our recents. Now, I, just, I know I, my, my good buddy, the dude. Oh, what's up? I just want to point out that remake is tossed around more than the word love. <laughs> just want to say that out there. Maybe in the video game industry. I don't know, man, because the word love is used in so many songs. <laughs> and just like, oh my God, I love my white macchiato or mocha cafe ole or whatever the fuck do you really love it or do you just like <laughs> like it a lot yeah well are you trying to say remakes or the new like but like but like and i like oh yeah <laughs> yeah considering how you just sneeze there's a new remake coming out but we also yeah, the remake of my sneeze also today we're also going to give you the definition of remake and we're going to tell oh, yes. you what's the difference between a remake a reimagining, and what's that new one that I just found out today, George? Okay, so w hold on, we're gonna get into that in the whole thing. We're gonna talk about remakes, reimaginings, retools, and reboots, and we'll get into that into the main meat of our show. But as my friend was telling me, my good friend, the dude, um, that he actually had a lot of recents to talk about. So I'm gonna go ahead and give him the floor on this one. My friend, what have you been playing? Uh, playing. Yeah, I started playing Splatoon 2 again with some friends, uh, Lizzo. Splatoon? Splatoon 2 on the Switch. You play Splatoon? I didn't know that. I'm not good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that. I was getting owned last night. Uh, yeah, man. Getting owned? Fuck. Especially at night? Sounds like a good night. Huh, <laughs> oh, Um, What I've been playing on the PlayStation has been... Well, I was playing some Resi 3, like, again, just doing, like, weird runs because, you know, us Resident Evil fans. Oh, I beat this game in the hardest difficulty. Now, let me do it with a knife or let me do it with just a pistol or let me just run away. That's normal. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's how, normal. No, but that's how we do things. Us Resident Evil fans. That's how we do things. Uh, but actually, <laughs> what I got back into playing was because uh, 76 released a huge update it is 60 gigabyte dlc update oh my god how big is the game already well the game right now is like a gig and change but this update makes it uh it makes it a fallout game which is weird to say 
But but Fallout seventy six has had several patches and updates and shit. I would not, assume that the fucking like this one cha- changes the game fundamentally. We now have we brought back again dialogue with NPCs where we have multiple dialogue options. Oh, this is the Wastelanders update. It finally the, oh it's yes, out. Okay, it's out. We have a variety of NPCs, new camps. We have a uh, reputation mechanic in the game. Uh, wow, that's fucking ironic as fuck. Are you yeah, kidding me? Like, I, they, they introduce a fucking... <laughs> a karma... Not a karma. Reputation mechanic. A fucking Bethesda of all people with their reputation. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. Valid, valid. I mean, it's taken us two years to get here, almost. A year and change. The game came out, I think, in 2017, 2018. 2018 and change, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) This is great. I don't know if anyone's listening and realizing the fun of having to record uh, over the internet and accidentally talking over each other like crazy. I'm so sorry, Adrian. You know I don't mean to, my man. Right, so... For, for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> are you just gonna keep doing this every time I talk? <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm trying to apologize for it. Jesus. So, all right, just give me a second. So, the game has changed fundamentally. It's now a completely different game altogether, and I feel this is one of those redemption arcs that has fulfilled everything I've ever wanted from '76. <laughs> I mean, the fact that. They gave us the text uh, box from old school New Vegas and 3. I'm just happy about. We don't have the shitty uh, Fallout 4 uh, dialogue options, which were really just all of it geared towards being a good person. In this game, you're back to, okay, you can lie, you can manipulate the situation to your benefit Mm. again. I'm just happy that we got that again. Well, it wasn't so much the UI that was the problem with Fallout 4. It was the fact that there were only four options and they were all very No, oh, that's plain. that's what that's what I implied. The four options that were all really one option. Even Yeah, but you were saying the like the text box responses were the same responses. But you're saying like they brought back the text box and that's something it's like but that's not the thing that really matters. It's it you're right. It's it's the dialogue. They could have even presented that in the Fallout 4 system just have like one button say more or something. You know what I mean? I mean, I wish, but they didn't do that. This time it, yeah. the <laughs> the text box is different. You have like six or seven responses. It all depends on on your on your stats like you could give an intelligent response uh, uh a strength-based response, which is usually aggressive. You could lie, which is charisma-based. So it's it's back to it's like so much more an RPG now, and uh, hmm. you know it helps to have friends to play with it. So I'm playing that with James. I'm just happy to be playing that again, and I do okay. re- I do have a ridiculous backlog of games I need to get into, but the recents that I have are really movies and uh, and shows. Okay, uh, go ahead, hit me up. So a movie I watched was Operation Odessa, which is a crime documentary. Okay. Did you ever hear the the Miami joke about this Colombian drug dealer going up to a Russian arms dealer and asking for a submarine, and the Russian arms dealer says, with or without missiles? 
that's that's no, this movie. I have not heard of this. That that's this movie. That's that joke is actually based on a true story of what happened down here in Miami in our heyday of 2000, 2000 uh, 1998 type of stuff. While we were like kids and shit, there was a an arms deal going down where these this Russian, a Cuban, and a Puerto Rican were all trying to sell a Soviet submarine to a Colombian drug cartel. And the same is, submarine, or they each had their own submarine to sell? The same submarine. and oh, okay. And the cartel was even asking about nukes, possibly. And, <laughs> and that's the background oh of this story. You could... It, I watched it on Netflix. It was fucking great. It was wonderfully edited, and it was very well done. I also saw um, this movie called Framing DeLorean, which is about... The story of John DeLorean, who created the Back to the Future car. Yeah, and I was going to say, is it related to the DeLorean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's about his rise and fall oh. after the drug deal that he got caught uh, trying to facilitate about four million. Uh, for I'm noticing a theme. It's crime documentaries. But then I watched. Yeah. A, but then I watched a political documentary of Ralph Nader, who was the Bernie Sanders of his day in 2000 to 2004. Uh, who was trying to facilitate a third-party ticket. And he was trying really hard to make uh, the Green Party, instead of the Red and the Blue Party, a Green Party, and which was all environmentally based. And it's hmm. about his life and stuff like that. Then I watched... Uh, well, wait, wait, wait. Let, me, let me react to a couple of these. I'm sorry. First off, for the submarine one, submarine launches nukes? No, it can't be. I had that one in the oven, and I, it was burning in there. <laughs> uh, then, oh, that one's called Operation Odessa. It's on Netflix. Right, right, right. And and um, I was going to say, uh, watching crime documentaries and political documentaries, what's the difference? <laughs> Please continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, actually, Ralph Nader is the man responsible for seatbelts in the first place. He was. Oh, wow. He's actually a pretty decent human being. Uh, he was trying to advocate for a lot of like uh, traffic safety laws and stuff like that. He's also responsible for uh, GM and Ford creating the airbag. I can only imagine having to convince people like to put some protection while you're driving and having some assets being like, I don't need no protection while I'm driving. <laughs> no, <and laughs> Windshield is prepared for me. And this was back in like the 50s, uh, late 50s, early 60s, where the moment you started speaking against big government, they immediately started labeling you a commie. They even had uh, yeah. they even had like private investigators following Ralph Nader home and following him in everything he did in case he was gay or who he was sleeping with. They were trying to figure out if he had any dirty secrets to use against Yeah, him. they wanted to use something. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So like then when Ralph Nader found that out and he had evidence, he sued GM. They issued a formal apology and they, get, they paid him $50,000 in emotional damages. And this is in the 1960s where $50,000 was a lot of money, you know? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Unfortunately, I'm not as well versed in like political stuff and and that. I, I'm usually horrible. I keep my nose in the video games. That's fine. Uh, and lastly, 
because it's me, I found out uh, this show that I really wanted to watch before it got canceled on Sci-Fi. Because Sci-Fi is horrendous when it comes to streaming. Uh, this show called Happy. and Oh, with Detective Stapler. Yeah. Yeah, with Detective yeah. Stapler. It's on Netflix. Uh, two seasons. It is so fucking funny. It's really funny. It's really good. And it really breaks okay. uh, It breaks a lot of um, cliches and stuff. And just the voice acting from Patton Oswalt is great. There's there's really good chemistry. I really recommend it. It's weird. Patton Oswalt, I like him in a lot of things. And I also don't like him in a lot of things. He's one of those actors who's like been in so many fucking projects that like it's 50-50 whether or not I like the thing he's in or not. No, that's that's perfectly understandable, man. Yeah, it's nothing against him as an actor. It's just like I guess he chooses his films via dartboard, as Red Letter Media says. <laughs> I mean, I think it's more or less like, oh shit, somebody wants to hire me, I'm in. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of like the Eric Roberts of voice acting, I guess. I could see that. Okay. Uh, other than that, nothing else, my friend. I guess. Okay. Um. All right. Do oh, you have any? Actually, oh, okay. yeah. Sorry, I forgot. I'm watching two current shows, which is uh, Westworld season three and Plot Against America. Uh, Westworld has gotten really wonky in this season three, uh, but it's really fun the way they've done a lot of the effects and the editing. It's really interesting. And Plot Against America is essentially anxiety the show. I'm having a lot of difficulty <laughs> watching it. Because I, it's not nothing against the show. The show's wonderfully done. It's just I feel so bad for the family that's going through it's it. It's the dread. It's that <clears throat> that sense of dread. I get it every single time I watch Hereditary. Yeah, it's 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 secondhand anxiety, I guess. Yep. No, I've totally been there. Especially some of the best horror films ever made do that. But it sucks because I'll never want to rewatch it just because I don't want that pit in my stomach. I do not blame you. Alrighty, so that that's all your reasons, my uh, my man. Yeah, I think that's enough. <laughs> okay, no, that's that's fine. <clears throat> You're actually hitting it right on the mark. I try to make it so that's 15 minutes you, 15 minutes me, so that leads us into a perfect 30 for the news. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on straight onto mine. Oh my god, hold on, let me cl- clear my throat. <clears throat> Sorry, I just got all these dicks. It's just really got to cough them all out. It's really tough. Anyway, so my recent. Here we go. My recent games. It has been one game. It has been one game very fucking hard. I am playing Animal Crossing. Please hit me up if you need things or would like to trade. I am so fucking deep in Animal Crossing. I spent two days, two days scam, uh, scamming, skimming the, the Discord, the Animal Crossing Discord, and doing trades with people online. Jesus Christ. It's its I've own been, economy. I've been fucking... Yeah, no, that's the thing. The economy is fantastic. There are so many different things that people, like, sell and trade, and and there's different setups to help make your town better. This is, like, granted, people bring up a good point about this Animal Crossing. Like, they, they'll say the villagers aren't really as good as they used to be, and I'll agree with that. In the original, like, they would give you little games and shit to play or little assignments, and that would be stuff that the villagers would do. Now they just kind of sit there and say, it sure is great living here, and it's like, oh, 
so you don't have anything else to say and and they'll probably change that in the future but everything else in the game is the best animal crossing has ever been to me it it simplifies things and also goes into more depth at the same time it adds a lot of quality of life features but they really need to fucking add some more i am tired of having to go through five different dialogue options just to connect to the internet and go to someone's island it's ridiculous um but yeah, no, Animal Crossing is an absolute blast. Basically, in this one, you get to design the outside. I don't know. Have you ever played Animal Crossing, Adrian? No, but I know what it's about. Okay, well, for anyone who doesn't know, basically what it is is you move into a town in BFE. And is that even a phrase that's even around anymore? God, I'm old. Um, fuck Egypt. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if anyone knows that phrase. But anyway, <clears throat> you, you you get a house there, and then it's all about making your house bigger with more, you know, uh, renovations, and that adds on to your debt that you have to pay off. And I know this isn't really sounding all that much fun, but you get to talk to different animal characters that live in your town, and there's all sorts of different things to do, and it really is fun. So this one adds that element of the internet and Discord and all that shit that just makes it pop off so I, I really do recommend it um i didn't watch any movies so that's there's nothing under that one unfortunately what i have been watching though is uh some good old tng uh next generation i i had finished deep space nine um it was okay i would and, and that's the weirdest thing it's like i went into it going ah, i'm not sure if i like deep space nine and everyone was like no it's okay just keep watching and i'm like really it'll get better but like will i like it and they're like eh. so then i finally finished it and i know exactly what everyone's talking about <laughs> it's like yeah no i mean it's good in some areas but it's also really boring in some others and where I, I watch The Next Generation now, and I'm like, wow, no, this was the apex. As much as I like, you know, Voyager, as much as I love, you know, aspects of Deep Space Nine in some areas, this TNG is the apex of fucking Star Trek, in my opinion. These these stories are all super unique. Someone brought up a point, um, I think it was Red Letter Media, about Star Wars, and it was like... All the mo all like the modern movies that come out nowadays are always about someone getting revenge or an ancient weapon or a doomsday weapon. These are every sci-fi movie nowadays is about one of these things. And I go back and I watch Star Trek Next Generation and there's so many episodes that are about like interpersonal drama between two characters. One may not even be a human entity. It's like all these different problems that they come across and they get buy it you know using their wits and using their skills and it's not just being a cool action guy it is literally figuring out a solution and goddamn picard is like i would follow him into a warfield like I'm, I'm not even fucking kidding i i i don't think i would ever go into a battlefield for war but like picard is so goddamn charismatic i don't know <laughs> i love picard though of course, he's fantastic. He's he's strong and 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 a, a great leader, but also a giant like nerd for Shakespeare. I love him to death. <laughs> also, been like because of TNG and my love for it, I really got into uh, Pogo, which is that Data and Picard song. Oh, that, I was gonna say the artist. Yeah, that shit fucking slaps, bud. <laughs> Oh, he makes a lot of good songs, though. I mean, I know that, that uh, Data and Picard song is amazing, don't get me wrong, but, like, Lost, 
uh, fucking We Are the Trees or whatever. Like, there's a lot of really good tracks that he does. There's Lead also, Breakfast. Lead Breakfast <laughs> is super funny. I was about to bring that one yeah. up. Yeah. It's super funny. I was gonna funny. say, that one's fun. Uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite character in TNG? Oh, God. I was thinking about this as I was watching it. Like, which one would I say is my favorite favorite? And, I, of course, you want to say Picard, but I feel like he's the, the mainstream option that everyone is going to pick just because he's so damn likable in the show. Um, but my favorite is either Commander Riker or fucking Worf, one or the other. They, they both are charming in their own ways. However, I will say there are more instances of me going, Worf, come on, dude. Just come on. But that's because of cultural differences. I understand that it's because, you know, he's a Klingon. He has specific ways of thinking about things. But Riker doesn't make me do that. Riker seems to be pretty fucking suave and an all-around nice guy. So it's kind of Riker a little bit higher than Worf. But Worf is so adorable, so I can't, I can't hate on him. I don't know. I really just want to hug Worf. Yeah. Like, War feels like just a more coherent Chewbacca. <laughs> I, I, there wasn't the episode, one of the episodes I just saw. I, it's such a great example, a character example of Worf, because I've seen plenty of shows where if someone's responsible for the death of a kid's parents or something in, in like a thing, they'll they'll be like, man, the whole episode's going to be about me working up the courage to talk to them. And, you know, then it'll be a whole thing of them getting to understand me. Not at all. Not with this episode. Worf, the minute he finds out that one of the people under his watch had a kid, he goes, oh, fuck. All right, we're going to have the bonding ritual, me and this kid. I will look after him because he's my responsibility now. And you're and you're just like, damn, Worf, that's that's a fucking grab of responsibility. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but that's who he is as a character. That's what's great 100%. about 100%. Like, yeah. he, like he's just gonna naturally assume this responsibility, be damned the human inclination of like what it is. But that is for for Klingons. That's that's what it's all about. Some of my favorite episodes are the Klingon episodes, particularly where it's dealing with the uh, politics of the Empire mm. and how Worf is kind of like being put. There was that trial episode where Picard was his. Uh, defense attorney which i thought was fucking great <laughs> yeah I, I i mean i'm trying to think if i remember that exact episode maybe i haven't gotten to it i don't know oh you're not done but yet? i don't remember no i'm not done i'm on season three. Oh, sorry yeah no that's uh that's i think season four sorry no, no, it's absolutely fine the show has had so many creative like setups for their episodes like the they were stuck in in an old trap that, like, was a booby trap for an old war that just sucks in, like, people who are in it. And it was all about them getting out. And it was, like, a Chinese finger trap. And it, it was, again, all these episodes are about so many unique setups. And it's not just an angry guy looking for revenge or a doomsday weapon. It's fantastic. Fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. yeah, when writing was writing and not, uh, yeah. not copy-paste. Um, also, real talk, having an empath on the team is like cheating. Yeah, but I really like Deanna Troy. I really... No, she's great. But, like, do you understand how broken that is? And she doesn't use it nearly enough. Maybe because people are, are hiding their emotions really well. But, like, being able to just be like, no, he's lying. It's like, oh, shit. Well, fuck you. <laughs> Have you gotten... Uh... 
to the Darmok and Jalad episode? Oh my god, you're gonna have to be a little bit more specific with some of the names. Okay, so basically... Was that the one where it was the family that was there with the music box? Or no, that's something else. That's something else. Uh, It might be later on, but it's... Picard gets stranded on a planet with this captain from another ship, and he's speaking, but in in book phrases, like in, <laughs> in book titles, where Darmok and Jalad, his eyes uncovered, or something like that. They reference mm. it a lot in the in the Data and Picard song Pogo, and Pogo mentions it a lot. But it's it's a it's honestly the greatest episode of the show all right i mean i've had a couple episodes now where i was like shit that that was a well-written fucking episode but you know i'm still being surprised each episode i fucking watch it's like well that was a saw i i remember like a couple times after watching an episode i'll go that was like watching a movie like i feel like i just finished watching a movie like i had all the goddamn you know, emotions yeah, the, and arcs of a film. <laughs> yeah, that's what's kind of really good about TNG. The episodes are their own thing. There isn't like an overarching plot for the season, you know, mm, mm-hmm. which is something I have issues with with most modern day TV. Like there's this arc that's going on and we have to there's this big bad at the end of the season that our hero has to defeat, yada, yada, yada. Mm. Um but TNG, each episode is its own story. That's kind of why that stupid uh, joke, the stereotypical joke of Trekkie nerds are always like, oh, do you remember an episode uh, of season four, episode 13, titled, you know, uh, A Klingon's Day to Cry and something like that? Like, they'll mention everything about it because each one is a movie. It's a short mm. one hour movie with this cast of characters and you know them, and there's development from each season of the characters, but it's not a stereotypical show. It doesn't have mm. the trappings of a show that we we normalize today. Well, it's not. It's like not a shonen. I feel like the best way to describe it is like how shonens are. How there's always the same kind of like steps you could do it differently but there's the same kind of like beats in every shonen and that's how most tv shows are now but i'm watching the next generation and it's just like wow we don't have to hit those beats like at all and we could still do a thing like if i may i want to just this will be the last thing i talk about tng real quick but um in the, in that episode where Worf takes the 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 bond with the kid to sort of take um responsibility for his mother dying and that same episode like, what ends up happening, instead of it being like a whole, oh, Worf just has to talk to him, and oh, well, just emotion. No, what ends up happening is that there's some sort of uh, anomaly in the explosion where the mom died, where a space being starts to pretend to be the mom and approaches the kid on the ship and is like, I'll be your mom, I'll give you everything you want. And the, and the kid's like, what? But you're dead, but okay, I'll go with you, I don't know. And then Worf and, and Riker have to, con- and Troy, all have to convince this kid that it's better to, to remain in the real world, the cold reality that your mother is dead, 
as opposed to b being in the fantasy with this alien that we don't know anything about. And it could be fine for a moment, but it can't be forever. And that whole episode didn't, it had a villain, but it was a sympathetic villain. And it's not like the villain was just out for revenge or some lame shit. The alien truly did want to give the kid what he wanted because he the alien could tell that the kid was sad but the alien didn't know that the kid would have other needs down in the future when he grows up so it's like this this is such a great dynamic and issue to talk about you know like remaining in the past understanding the finality of death like all this one episode motherfucker that's amazing yep that's tng for you that that was incredible. All right, so that that's that's all the TV I've been watching. So you want to move on to the news? Really quick, I forgot. Yeah. This last recent, I finished The Sopranos. Continue. Rock on. Um, we. I mean, I still haven't seen it, so we can't really talk about it. But uh, if you want to talk about The Sopranos, hit up uh, Adrian at Adrian MDOD on Twitter. I'm gonna give you a uh, a spicy opinion here. The finale had nothing wrong. It was a perfect finale. If you have an issue with the finale of The Sopranos, you don't know story. I read something that it cut to black. I'm not sure if that's the it same does, show. It does, but the whole show leads up to that finality. It leads up to it. Okay. All right. Well, I'll have to watch it to see what you mean. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and start with the news real quick. My first news, and it's one that actually came up... Um, last night so we're going to talk about it uh unfortunately the voice actor for leon s kennedy of resident evil 2 paul haddad has passed away um last OG night resident evil 2. Yes, og resident evil 2 og resident evil 2 um he apparently had lung cancer uh and i don't know what exactly was the cause of death but People are saying that it might be corona, it might be just, you know, prior complications, and none of that really matters. What matters is that, you know, a fucking titan, a fucking nostalgic titan of mine uh, has passed away, and it's, it's weird, and, and it's, it's sad. It's like, I'm trying to think about it, I, I'm, it, because he was literally, like, if I think of classic Resident Evil, the first lines that come to mind are, you know, hold your fire, I'm a human, and, and fucking Jill Valentine and stuff, and, that, like, from RE1, and because that was such a huge part of Resident Evil for me, it's like, hearing this, it's like, fuck, man, he, I don't know if he ever got the attention or, or the, the, you know, the praise that he fucking deserved, because, he brought Leon to life. Like, literally, the original. He is the original Leon. And I love every single one of his lines. So, fucking Paul, I love you to death. I, I hope you're in a, a better place now, my dude. And... I don't know. Hey, Adrian, I'm in a weird spot, man. Have anything to say? All I can say is uh, rest in peace to him. And also rest in peace to the voice of Peppy, who also died. I, for, I don't have his name right now, um, but Paul Haddad uh, kind of touched... Rick May, by the way. Rick May, thank you. Uh, yeah. the, the voice of Leon uh, is severely mocked on the show, but from a place of love. Because, oh, 100%. Because, um, as you guys know, during the years that we've been doing this podcast, 
uh, we love Resident Evil in a way that we're not ready to deal with, in a way that <laughs> in a way that is kind of difficult to to surmise. So these voice actors have touched uh, us growing up in a way, have touched mm. us inappropriately. Uh, no. I wasn't gonna make the joke because of the severity of the situation, but you know, I guess that's fine. Uh, but it does kind of tell you that these are also actors, and they they're real people that that influence humans, that influence people in their lives, you know, by their work, and they deserve as much respect as we can give them. They should be lauded just as much as any actor should um paul rest in peace buddy and uh hope to see you over the rainbow bridge you know hey paul it's up to us to take out umbrella (laughs) he did that line you realize that right like you listen to our show you know how much we love that fucking credit song he does that opening line so, <laughs> fucking VIP, all right, in the indo- in the fucking Fan Freaks Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, he's there. He's there. Definitely. You want, should we do a Fan Freaks Hall of Fame? If he is, he's I don't a, see why not. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. The initiator, uh, oh no, the debut? <laughs> debut inductee? The inductee, yep. Beautiful, beautiful. Anyway, um, on that note, they better fucking bring back, um, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot her name. Wow, that sucks. I was gonna say Sally Cahill, but that's, that's Ada's voice actress. Allison Court? Allison Court. They need to bring back Allison Court for something. I, they obviously have a new Claire and a new Jill or whatever, but these actors, man, they're there. Please fucking do something with them. <laughs> um. Alright. I also Next wanna- news? Oh, uh, go ahead. Do you have any more news? I have one more. Okay, go, go. Okay, the last thing is, uh, as you know, Resident Evil 3 came out, and with Resident Evil 3 came Project Resistance, and Project Resistance is trying to be one of those, you know, ever-updating live services that, you know, video games are trying to be now. So we have, uh, you know, a fucking, not season pass, but uh, a roadmap for Project Resistance of all fucking things. And uh, Jill Valentine was recently just released in Project Resistance, and Nikolai from the game is going to be added as a mastermind in this fucking roadmap. So, um, that's interesting. Do you have anything to say about that before I say my two piece? I'm gonna uninstall Resistance. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, wait, wait, I mean, wait, that's wait, fair. Wait, wait. Uh, Jill is coming with her Samurai Edge. Just, yes. Just given to you. In resistance when you play as Jill, which you know what? Now that I think about it, I shouldn't uninstall it because now uh George will get to play as January and I'll get to play <laughs> as Valerie because everyone's gonna go to Jill. I was gonna say, I told this to Boogle, um, which is a viewer on the Twitch. He I was like, Wow, Jill's coming out. I can't wait to never have the chance to play as her. Because the fucking, the, the way that this game works is you select a character, no one else can play as that character. So it's yeah, first it's, come, first serve. It's race to the X button. Whoever has like the fast, whoever's the host gets first dibs. So everyone's going to fucking, well, I think the mastermind is the host. But I mean, everyone is going to pick fucking Jill. Why not? So I'm never going to get the chance to play as her until someone else is at it. <sighs> anyway, my, my thing is, 
What upsets me about Project Resistance is, like, it's a game made entirely out of, like, reused assets. And that in and of itself is not a problem. Like, if you're able to do it, like, in a way that isn't super obvious, that's fine. In fact, a lot of Project Resistance isn't super obvious. However, the monsters definitely copy-pasted from Resident Evil 2 and 3 Remake. I mean, they they just are. They're there from 3 and 2. Fuck I yeah, no, Birkin, that's the thing. With him in particular, <laughs> fucking William Birkin is one of the monsters. He It's the monster for Annette Birkin. She's a mastermind. And he is built for Resident Evil 2 Remake, which is a very cinematic game. It's not an action-y game. It's not built for fucking, like, fast-paced, you know, 4v1 action, whatever the fuck. So it has a real cinematic death scene. So you sit there for, like, fucking 20 seconds as this guy kills you slowly because his animation is for the cinematic Resident Evil 2 remake. So none of that shit has been retooled. It's just all plopped together in a horrible mishmash that's janky as fuck. So tell me... How am I expected to be excited for any new content when most of the content has been reused content anyway? And the new characters you're adding are reused content. I don't, like, Nikolai is going to be a fucking JPEG and some voice lines. Oh, I'm so excited. And I bet you anything he's going to have Nemesis. And oh, I bet Nemesis will just be all sorts of fair, let me tell you. Nemesis is going to fucking suck, but hopefully he doesn't have an auto-kill. That fucking takes so much time. Well, all the monsters have an auto kill, believe it or not. But oh. G is the only one that takes six fucking years for it to end because that's how the animation was designed. That's really annoying. Like, Mr. X has the head squish when you're grabbed by him, you know, when you're on low health in, in RE2 Remake. Yeah, but this one, you, you could just do it raw, even if, if you're in fine condition. He just has to grab Yeah, it. yeah. That's true. And because they, they wanted an instant kill move, like, whenever you want. Because, sure. Like, fuck off. He I'm also sorry, has, really... like, really high damage, uh, damage intake. He has a high health count. No, 100%. Um, but I would like to just point out that uh, th- we could have had Outbreak. Yeah. <laughs> And it's what there. are you talking about? You need to be open-minded, Adrian. You're just being closed-minded for nostalgia's sake. Yeah, but the 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 two, the previous two games, the bolt cutter series, has all been <laughs> has has been about outbreak. We got Rita <laughs> Phillips. The exit to the sewers was under the maiden statue in two, and in three. Uh, I can't believe Where's Barry got it, and I didn't. But when you're going to the gun shop Kendo in three, there's a cop car with a call state, uh, like a what do you call it? Like a like a dispatch call, call. sign, a dispatch call on uh, on the cop cars, and one of them is telling you about a situation in uh, the Raccoon Zoo or something. With, oh, cool. No, no, no. It was the bar. It was a bar. Sorry. It was a bar. And it was – it sounds – bar. It sounds like Kevin Ryman. And he's saying I have three civilians, four civilians, and one is unable to move, which is the wow, fucking security group. Yeah, that's Bob. And that is in Resident Evil 3. So you have that when Jill's on her way to the fucking Kendo gun shop. You have Resident Evil 2 with Rita Phillips and the fucking statue. 
Like oh, fucking go back even further. Resident Evil Seven has a fucking note by Alyssa Ashcroft. Thank you, brother. I completely forgot about that. The the bolt cutter trilogy, <laughs> like the Cornetto trilogy, we call it the bolt cutter trilogy. These bastards want Outbreak Cannon. They want I, it so bad, and I want it Cannon too. I just we could have had that instead of Resistance. I agree, I, and, and no doubt it was Capcom that was like, "We need a Dead by Daylight competitor," but whatever the fuck, they they obviously know Outbreak. Also, also, did you notice in Resident Evil Three, like, there's a um like a broadcast going out in the city. It's like, everyone stay inside, don't go out here. It's a Southern accent. It's Rita. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that was a good catch by you, bro. But yeah, she's a. Uh... She's in the fucking game. Like they're, they're you're right. Not, they really want Outbreak to be canon, but they're just like not allowed to. I'm not really sure why. I don't get it either. Could you imagine a like a, a a revamped Outbreak, like getting face actors for everyone and shit? That would be like that'd be, incredible. That'd be Actually, really on top nice. of that, should I mention on top of that, in Project Resistance, almost every character has an Outbreak character referenced in it. Oh, well, I know Yoko with Valerie with the glasses. Yeah, Yoko's in Valerie's description. But in, in fucking um, January's description, she says she was commissioned or commissioned. She was hired by a reporter to gather information. Now, I don't know if that's Alyssa or if that's Ben Bortolucci, but it's it's one or the other. Well, Ben dies, so I'm going with Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa got out, goddammit. She's, she's my favorite. Come on. Um, yeah, no, so hopefully, I don't know, they see Resistance isn't doing super well and they finally give us the Outbreak HD remaster. Oh, wait, remaster? That, that's related to our topic. <laughs> Could it be? Alrighty, um, do you want to go ahead and uh, cut to break and then we'll be back? Uh, really quick, just want to say, uh, some news, minor news. Oh, yeah, go for it. Uh, Jump Force is getting, remember that game? Is getting a fucking port to the Switch and PC, and they announced more DLC for it. Uh, one of the DLC characters is going to be JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, so nobody knows. The whole adventure? Yeah, one of the characters from the adventure. Um, something. I mean... Something else. Uh, it's going to be Jojo and Dio. Like, let's be honest. Come on. Yeah, but which Jojo? Is it going to be Jotaro? Is it going to be jo- uh, Josuke? Is it going to be, be part jo- three? It's the most popular one. I don't know. Part part six is really popular in Japan. It hasn't come out yet here. I would love part one, Jojo and Dio, but I know they're not going to do that. <laughs> I would love Hamon, but I like Hamon. I don't like Hamon. I, I still think stands are better, but whatever. That's, you know. Stands is Fucking part three. Hamon is part one. Yami Yugi uses a stand in that game. It, oh. All right. Well, I'm not getting into, like, <laughs> I'm not getting into Jump Force too fucking hard. Um, but yeah. Uh, also, San Diego Comic-Con got canceled because of the fucking virus. So. Great. The virus is taking over the city. If only they had the courage to fight. Fuck, I missed that beginner. And I think yeah. that's a that's enough info for moi. Alrighty. So we'll be right back, folks. We're gonna talk about what constitutes a remake and how that is different from a reimagining, a retool, 
or a reboot. You're a you retool. Oh. Hello, everyone. This is the masterful dude of doodling. It's the face that runs the place, the host with the most Adrian Mike was, and you're listening to the Fan Freaks podcast hosted by the Fan Freaks Facebook group, the home to all freaks and all fandoms alike. Join us at F-A-N-F-R-E-E-K-S Fan Freaks Facebook group. Be there or be square. And we're back. Thank you so much for being so patient. Uh, we love you and we appreciate you for just that reason. Don't we, Adrian? I don't appreciate nothing. Well, all right then. Let's take <laughs> our rebellious selves and get on with our uh, our discussion. So, our discussion for today, especially after uh, Resident Evil Three remake and Final Fantasy Seven remake, we thought it would be a little bit pertinent to have a discussion on this. Um, the topic for today is what makes a remake. Like example, calling Resident Evil Three a remake isn't a re- it isn't a remake. Mm. So Resident Evil 3 was sort of like the catalyst for this discussion because it really made me reassess what the fuck a remake is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's have the definition first of a remake. Okay. So a remake. A remake is a production of film, television, or video game that is similar uh, of that. Oh, I'm sorry. Or similar form of entertainment. Okay, I don't even know what the hell that's supposed to mean. That is based on an earlier production. A remake tells the same story as the original, but uses a different cast or may alter the theme or target audience. So, it tells the same story as the original. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. That's an important thing here. Because if you you played Resident Evil 3, you'd already see how it, it already disqualifies itself as a remake. Resident Evil 3 disqualifies itself as a remake by using that very definition, right? That, that's what I'm basically saying. Like, okay, I yeah, just want the story is similar, but it's not the exact same thing. It is a different story because we do different beats. We have different events. Therefore, it is not a remake. Would you... Okay, just to be on par, Resident Evil 2 is also not a remake, but Resident Evil 1 is a remake. I even see this is where I've I've been having this discussion in my brain for a couple days now, uh, and this is what I mean by reassess what I mean uh, by remake. I don't think Resident Evil One remake is even a remake. God damn! <laughs> now that I think about it, and the way that the story is told in the remake that we we call it a remake, it doesn't hit the same beats. There are new elements introduced that automatically changes it from a remake to a reboot or not reboot uh reimagining my apologies a reimagining uh if i can get the definition for you guys real quick um re-imaging nope that is definitely not it a reimagining is to reinterpret an event work of art imaginatively or rethink uh let me try and find a fucking noun of that shit instead Basically, the idea is with, I could just tell you, because that was, this definition is more for, like, you know, to imagine again or anew. So that even still fits with what I'm trying to say here. So what you do with a reimagining is you take the basic elements of a story and you use it to tell something else, okay? Like, reimagining still sort of tells the main story, but there are differences. Like, a good example for me of what a reimagining is is like outside of video games. Um, Tim Burton's Batman versus Christopher Nolan's Batman. Ooh, that's good. 
So you have the same story of a man who, you know, lost his parents to crime, dresses up as a bat, and fights, you know, evildoers, and, you know, he fights a guy named the Joker, but the events in which they happen are all completely different. It's still the same story. Therefore, I would say Tim Burton, or Christopher Nolan, I guess, is a reimagining, like, of the Christopher Nolan's Batman, not Christopher Nolan himself, I'm sorry, is a reimagining of Tim Burton's Batman. It uses the same story, but uses it to tell different events and different things. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and RE1 uh, is that, for example. I'm sorry. A very popular story that gets redone every so often is probably War of the Worlds. That's true. That's true. The original teleplay was vastly different than the one Steven Spielberg did almost 100 years after. And right, and people even call that a remake, and I don't think it is. Yeah, there's uh, there's something else that we should also consider, because before the show, during show prep, I'm just going to give uh, credit where credit is due. George here mentioned Halloween and how there's... <laughs> Halloween has had like a reboot. Halloween is a bad example for this. <laughs> Halloween has had a reboot, a reimagining, a retool. A, a oh, damn. Uh, the, the remake for me is Halloween with um, uh, directed by Rob Zombie. But then you look at the, the sequel. I still say that's a reimagining, but okay, go ahead. Okay, but it changes the story almost completely. Yeah, that makes it not a remake anymore. Okay, so a remake is a one-to-one, right? If Okay, if a safe way for me at least for me to do this for if a remake is a remake, I need to be able to look at the original and say, I loved seeing that scene again in the remake. And if I can't say that for every scene, then it's not really a remake. It didn't remake everything. Mmm, fuck. Uh, okay. Would you like an example of a remake? A reboot would probably be the new God of War, but it ties into the first God of Wars. In which I thing. call that a soft reboot, where it's actually a re- that is a retool in a way, where you take elements of the original story and use it to tell a completely different story. Now, and it's different from reimagining because where the same story is being told, Batman versus the Joker. Joker's trying to do something, he stops him. That's the story. That reimagined into different films, where I could look at a retool, uh, for example. And, like, Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Yeah, it has Harry Mason looking for his daughter, but it stops there. Yeah, that's it. Like, that's all that Shattered Memories has. Just want to give a shout-out to Avalanche Reviews, because I didn't play the game. And he just just broke it down for me. But I guess, uh, if you like David Lynch, play Shattered Memories. But what (laughs) makes Shattered Memories a retool and not even a reimagining is the fact that it doesn't follow the whole story. It stops only on the premise. Therefore, it's using elements and retooling it into something different. Shattered Memories becomes this whole other thing, has nothing to do with the cult, has nothing to do with an evil god. So it is just like it is a retool of Silent Hill 1. Yeah, George, actually, can I ask you a question about Shattered Memories? All the characters... Sure. The characters... In name are the same, but they act differently. Like Sybil. Sybil's different, right? 
So the heart, it's hard for me to answer that because Shattered Memories bills itself as a psychological thriller that reads your mind and gives you a profile and changes characters' personalities based on those profiles. So, like, sometimes she's nice, sometimes she's not. Sometimes she's like classic Sybil, sometimes she's not. So it all depends on how you play. All right, more or less, it depends. Got it. Yeah, um, which I know it, that it's not the answer you wanted, but there is one version where she kind of acts like her normal self. All right. Uh, now, uh, if we haven't confused you freaks yet. Yeah, for real. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're basically just trying to nail down the proper terminology here of what to use when it comes to gaming and media, because... This gets really bogged down sometimes when it comes to these things of what constitutes a remake. Because uh, you you brought up reimagining, retool, which I've never heard of before today. I have heard <laughs> of we have had a, a requel, which is a reboot sequel, which I consider that Doom, the 2016 Doom. And you consider ah. it a reboot, just a reboot itself. Well, if I may, before we continue on this discussion, because you brought up something, it's like, because, yeah, that term is being thrown around, but this is why we're having the episode about it. I'm sorry. I do want to talk about Doom. Don't don't let me forget about Doom. I just want to say, because corporations, namely um, publishers, are going around and calling a lot of things remakes when they really aren't, and it becomes a marketing term. And honestly, that's false marketing because it's not a remake. In fact, that's why I kind of like how Resident Evil 2 and 3 um, for PS4, uh, 2020, whatever, they don't say remake on the box. Unlike Final Fantasy VII Remake, which, which isn't... Says it. it is not a remake. That's kind of where this kind of started. See, uh, yeah. George and I, before 3 came out, I went over to your house. We did that show with Julian the Talking Tears of the Mario episode. And right. you played beforehand Final Fantasy VII Remake. And we had a long, long, I, I, I want to say about 45-minute discussion on whether or not it is a remake. And it isn't. No. It it's, is solidly that, that, a reimagining. It that, takes the, the story and tells something different. If you guys like FF7R, you can. You can like it. It's just what it is is not what it's being called, and that is the purpose of this show. We're trying to educate you. And I love because I'll tell people this, and they'll get really defensive. They're like, well, you know Resident Evil 3 is not a remake. It's so short, and it's not even the same. And I'm like, bro, I, I never said Resident Evil 3 was a remake. I agree with you. But, like, don't take it out on Resident Evil just because you don't want to accept that this game is not a remake. Uh, like, I, I mean, Jordan, I can't look at something in the original and be and, and then be like, oh, I can't wait to see that in there's uh, oh, my God. There are so many things in the original that I can't say I can't wait to see that in the remake because it's not there. I, I think, George, one of the issues that we have most mostly as nerds is that when we like something, we take ownership of it and it becomes a representation oh of us. Uh -huh. You don't have to say, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just okay, trying to explain. Right, right. We take okay. ownership of it as us. So when somebody chastises it, it is chastising us and hurting us in a way like we have to defend 
that representation of us. And that's not mm-hmm. necessarily a bad thing. I just want to reiterate, if you like FF7R, you can. But it isn't a remake. We're just trying to be clear with our terms here. The, right. en- the English language is tricky, and they're trying to trick you. Yeah, we're not trying to, like, say you can't like this or, you know, you're supposed to like this or whatever. Really, the idea is just know what the term is. You could still like it, love it. You could still keep playing it. You could still keep talking about how great it is. But just know that one of the terms they're using to advertise it with is not true. Um, You brought up Doom earlier. I thought that was a remake because Doom has a very simple premise. Um, if there's not much in the terms of story for you to fuck up in Doom or, or change in general, it's literally a base kn- on Mars got taken over. It, it, it knows what it's about. Yeah. It, it's And the thing is, I like Doom 3, is that really a... Because uh, it, it's a spinoff or in the, in the way that it's a sequel, actually. But it does the same story of a new guy showing up to a base and then it being taken over by hell, you know, and it's on Mars. It's the entire same story, but it's, it's telling a different story with it. So I guess the new dooms are reimaginings because it's the entire story of doom guy stopping hell. So yeah, it's the entire story and not a retool. I actually consider it a requel because I feel it's a direct sequel to two because the doom slayer was, is always been one guy in a fucking power armor suit killing demons. That's you're not getting any more, uh, any more of a story than that. Doom three is kind of an outlier where it was trying to go like more it's horror. Yeah, yeah, dark environment. Yeah, it was going dead space. <laughs> oh my god but that was way before there were right. one flaw and the game would have been way better is if they wouldn't have made it so that holding the flashlight doesn't let you hold a weapon too that was that was the biggest thing yeah because you gotta constantly switch with the white and black buttons sorry remember yeah, uh, yeah. the old xbox controller with the white and black buttons um, hey, it's something fucking nintendo if nintendo can use minus and plus and shit like why not yeah agreed uh but Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal both reference demons that you've killed in Doom 2. They're obviously updated for current gen and all that shit. But there's certain situations that demons call back to, to what you killed in Doom 1 and 2. Oh, the, like and that's the, a straight up sequel. It is. That's But it's kind of a reboot in that the the story kind of takes up again because apparently what had happened off screen is that doom guy got sealed up by the demons and doom 2016 is him waking up and then realizing oh shit i gotta kill again i don't even know if there's really a it i feel like if anything that's another example of a re retool maybe because you're using the same like setup but not the full story because it's also a sequel. Like, that's that's the thing, though. It, it might just be called a sequel that's repetitive. Like, there may not even be a fucking title for this. This may just be a sequel that uses the same elements of a previous game. There may not... Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, there may not even be a word for it. I guess. I, I guess there isn't a word for it. We have to make one. 
Well, you said re-sequel, so I guess that's that's what it'll be for now. <laughs> I actually um, heard that in reference to the Incredible Hulk movie that came out with Ed Norton because hmm. the entire opening credits is to let you know how Hulk came to be. And it's a reboot of the 2003 Ang Lee's Hulk. And it's like, okay, but it's also a sequel to that. Okay. Then it's I, a retool because you're just using elements and not telling the full story. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, Hello? <laughs> Did I lose you? Yeah, it cut off. No, okay, we're fine. Um, but okay, what what was the last thing you said? That uh, you called it a retool. I called it a a re uh, a requel. Oh my god! All right, well, that that I don't know so much about. What I do know is about video games. So you may have to discuss that one with someone else because I don't know. Comic book continuity is always very strange because there's a ton of like reimaginings in comic book things. Every single time it's a new director, it starts like a new reimagined trilogy or series. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And then there's some ones that are like the, the newer Spider-Man, like Homecoming and Far From Home are not really reimaginings. They don't tell the same story. They tell completely new stories. They are sequels with brand new casts so you know comic books are kind of fucking around with it a little bit they're i think they're just straight up sequels unless it's an origin story it's not a re anything so george yeah what's up uh where where do you feel remake is gonna go too far what exactly do you mean? What, okay, what do you mean by that? Remake in what way? The term remake, we were talking earlier in the show that it gets tossed around really loosely. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel like, okay, that's that's too far? Where, for example, Call of Duty Modern Warfare mm-hmm. has... An original game that came out, what, in 04, 03, we all remember. And actually, no, I think it was 2005, 04, whatever. Doesn't matter. But now they came out with one that came out last year, and it has the same name. And they're calling it a remake, but it's 16 games in the franchise. I feel yeah, th- that's a little loose there with a the remake, right? It's because the thing is, companies are trying to sell these games, right? And they're not always going to put a subtitle because they think it'll just sell if you just put the name by itself. Like, you know, Predators again or Rambo. Like, it's it, they're not going to put a subtitle because they think that people won't watch it. Because, I don't know, I don't know if they think people are dumb enough to think it's the exact same movie or it is a remake. That, I think that's what it is. They want people to think it's a remake because it's the exact same title. But when you go in and find out that The Thing is not a remake, it's actually a soft fucking reboot sequel bullshit. Or re- no, that one was a prequel. That one was like a, a, a weird prequel sequel. And it's like you go in there thinking it's a remake and it's not because they're fucking with you. I'm not trying to be, you know, a conspiracy theorist asshole. I have solid evidence that and it's not completely out of character for them either to completely label something incorrectly so that you'll spend money to watch it. Like, come on. So just 
if you impart anything in terms of it going too far, as you say, if you learn anything from this show, think about what they mean by the word remake next time you hear it. Because usually it's not. Thanks, George. Um, That's what I wanted to hear. Is Was that a sarcastic thanks? I'm so sorry. If no, I no, it's a... Jeez, man. No, I'm being sincere. That's a really good answer, honestly. Actually, and funny story, you brought up Halloween earlier, and that that one I said was a bad example because in the Halloween series, you said it before, before we started recording, there is an example of a remake, a reimagining, a retool, and a reboot. Maybe not a reboot. No, reboot, yes. No remake, actually. But Re- there's been a reimagining, reboot, and retool in the Halloween series. Would you consider Halloween 3 a reboot because it doesn't feature Michael? That is a reimagining because oh. you take the element. Oh, no, that's a retool because you take the element of it being around Halloween and don't follow the story of Michael at all. So it's a retool. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. And you, say, like the you, fucking say Rob is, you say Halloween is worse. I think Halloween is great. I think we should use Halloween for this. Shit, you know what? It's actually a pretty good example. It gives an example of every single one in a clear way that everyone would understand. Reimagining is the Rob Zombie ones. Uh, fucking Retool is three. Uh, sequel, soft reboot? No, that one's a sequel. It's just a sequel to two. That's the only difference. You know what I mean? The which one? The 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 one that came out a couple years ago with Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah, 2019. It completely erased two from existence. The director said... Damn, I keep thinking it's, it sequelizes two, but it doesn't. Yeah, no, it's a direct sequel to just the first one. That's so weird. Why? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, he blows up. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> he blows the fuck up. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, no, Halloween. Um, I, if I may, I wanted to give an example of what I'd consider to be remakes. Because I've pretty much spent this entire show saying what aren't remakes. All right. All right. Shoot. What's a remake? Okay. First remake on my docket and what comes to mind Shadow of the Colossus for PS4. I haven't played it, so I wouldn't know. So, and people will point out, isn't that just an HD re-release or a remaster? Uh, No, actually. Shadow of the Colossus did have a remaster. Um, It was for the PS3, and it was called Shadow of the Colossus HD. Um, And that came out, and that was fun. But then later on for the PS4, they completely remade it from the ground up. They remade the assets but it's the same story, the same type of gameplay, just with modern, streamlined, you know, quality of life shit that they added to the game. But you still experience everything you did in the original. So it is a remake. It's the same story, gameplay, everything, just updated with modern, uh, what's it called? Visuals. That is a remake. Okay, okay. So it's kind of yeah, like a one-to-one. Right. And Shadow of the Claw. And the thing is, you can also, like, add content. Like, if there's an extra bonus mode or some shit, that still counts. But it's, like, because it's something extra for the remake. I get that. But if I have to go, like, in Resident Evil 1, for example, if my favorite scene is when Barry lowers the rope for Jill, you know what I mean? And it's like, now I've done it. I gotta go get some more rope. And he has to go do it and come back and the whole thing. If that's my favorite scene, that's not in the remake. 
I would have to wonder why that would be your favorite scene, though. But. Of course, but even if it was, if I if my favorite scene was fighting Yon in that piano room, th- it would be gone from the remake. Therefore, it is not a remake. It is a reimagining. It re okay. You can add things like the Resident Evil One quotation marks remake does, like you know the extra puzzles and shit, and that still makes it a remake. But you still need to include everything the original had for it to be a remake. If you want that title of remake, um, you know what? As as anyone for the movie category, I know everyone hates it, but the Psycho remake is a remake. I actually like it. I don't think it's that bad. I saw it once when I was way younger, and I think I hated it because everyone else did. So I need to probably rewatch it, but everyone hates it. But it is a one-to-one remake. Everything that you liked in the original will be in the remake. This is kind of Um, fun. Do you want more examples? (laughs) Yeah, this is kind of fun. What about Crash Bandicoot Trilogy? That is my next one. So Naughty Dog in particular has been marketing these things as remakes and they are absolutely remakes. I don't know if that because granted, I didn't grow up with Crash Bandicoot. I, I don't know if they're, they're missing. OK, are there missing stages or something? No, no. Actually, they added some as DLC, but no. Also, okay, so it's not it's not Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog lost sold the rights to Crash a long time ago to Activision. Activision oh. owns Crash Bandicoot. Oh, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, that's why Crash Bandicoot Trilogy, the remakes, are on all the systems, including Spyro. They're all on the systems. I I did notice that they were on the systems, but okay, that's cool. Because, yeah, we have Spyro on Switch and shit. Um, but, But Crash and Spyro are really good examples of remakes. They do the exact same gameplay, the exact same stages, and they update the graphics. And they even add content. That's fine. Um... Like, uh, for example, um, what's the thing? Like, like, let's say Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes, for example. Um, oh. that, that is a reimagining. Even though it builds itself as a remake, it retells its story in a different way. It is still the same story about a man going to Shadow Moses, finding out, you know, his, his backstory and his history and what it means for the future as a whole. I'm trying to be very vague just in case people do want to replay, because please play Twin Snakes. That's really good. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's still the same overall arc and story, but it's told in different ways with different cutscenes. Um, they aren't told the same way. I'm trying to think if there are any like very specific changes that they made to it. Can you think of one? For for what crash? No, for Twin Snakes, because I know oh. in Twin Snakes they changed some of the animations and made it way more Matrixy, and you know that's a bit different. Honestly, the gameplay, but other than that, the cutscenes are more or less the same. The story is more or less the same. There isn't uh, really there isn't really a cut hmm. here or there. So I, I kind of agree that it is Twin Snakes. That's what my initial point is. So I agree with myself the, that it is a reimagining. It doesn't have the same, same gameplay, but it's still the same overall story. Yeah. yeah. Because the gameplay so is from Metal Gear. 
the the gameplays from Metal Gear Solid Two, and you even do like the shakedowns or whatever, so you could get the dog tags off the soldiers. Snake has that mm-hmm. rolling ball thing that he does, like Metroid uh, and I, shit. Can I also say that was my favorite part of Metal Gear, and they completely cut it out of five, and I was like, oh no. Oh, my God. Shaking down soldiers? It was so much fun. Oh, I thought the rolling ball thing. <laughs> I was like, what? Why, no. <laughs> why would you like that? You get a sled kind of thing in 5 where you could, like, break down the box and ride it like a sled. Well, yeah, if you use the momentum of your box. <clears throat> There's a lot of different things you can do in 5. It is it is by far the best sandbox stealth game I've ever played. It is pretty fucking amazing. Um... Um, if I may, like, if I may, can we talk about retools? Sure, because that is super alien to me. So yeah, everyone seems to, like. I feel like if you're listening to this, that's the one you don't really know about retools because that is not the one that's thrown around because that's not the one that's really advertiser friendly. <laughs> like that one, you can't put. It's a retool on the back of the box. People won't give a shit. So as I said earlier, uh, Silent Hill Shattered Memories. That's a retool because it takes. The basic, like, just these two elements that Harry Mason is looking for his daughter, and that there are some characters that look and maybe dress the same, and that's it. Like, that is a retool. You used elements of a story to tell a new story. You're not telling the same story like a reimagining. You're telling a new story using some parts of it. Where I would, again, like the, t- the Tim Burton um, Batman movies versus the Christopher Nolan ones, they don't they still tell the same story about Batman stopping the Joker, but they tell in a completely different way. It's not like it's just Batman, and then there's nothing to do with the Joker anymore. You know what I mean? And of course, I'm talking about just the Dark Knight and the first Tim Burton movie, just for simplicity's sake. Like, fuck off. There's no Penguin Christopher Nolan movie. Like, relax. Um, I wish. really? I bet he'd he'd probably do it really well. Like... (laughs) It'd be some sort of clash, um, clash of um, societies, you know, um, you know, class clashing. Yeah, that would be what the penguin would be about, a hundred percent. I feel. What directed by Nolan and shit? Yeah, yeah, it'd be some sort of like giant, you know, not metaphor, but like a real example of it, and he'd make it gritty and cool or whatever. Anyway, um, the next thing, because I want to stay on the topic, retools, right? That's where we were on. Another example of a retool that I wanted to bring up is Resident Evil 7. 7 is a retool? Yeah, and a lot of people don't talk about it. They just call it a, like a rehash or, or a ripoff. And I guess in some ways, but I don't see it because they do enough different that I feel like it's its own thing. But... Yes, Resident Evil 7 is a retool of Resident Evil 1. It, it Only in very, very background ways. It has nothing really to do with the overall story, and that's why it's not a reimagining, because it has nothing to do with stars going into a mansion and the whole thing with Umbrella. It has nothing to do with that. It's a retool in the sense that it uses the locations of Resident Evil 1 in Resident Evil 7 in a way. You go to a mansion, then the outhouse, then back to the mansion, to another lab. Or to a lab. And that is the exact same beats that Resident Evil 1 does. Fuck. You're right. Yeah. 
It's very minor, and a retool doesn't have to be something huge like uh, like Harry Mason looking for his daughter. It can be literal, like, background elements that are retooled for a new story. Um, for example, I feel like... It, this is probably going to get me a ton of fucking hate. The Star Wars, the new Star Wars trilogy? Yeah. It... It's a sequel for sure. Like more first and foremost they are sequels to the the previous trilogy. But they do retool certain aspects of the original trilogy. Particularly Force Awakens is basically a retool of New Hope. You're right. Yeah, it's not a reimagining because it's not about, you know, the, like I'm not going to say it's not about Luke in particular, but it's not about a person you know, leaving their old life and their parents behind to join a smuggler. and No, it's a completely different story, but it uses elements from the original, making it a retool. Yeah. All right. I don't think you're going to get a lot of hate for that. Most people genuinely hate the sequel trilogy. Yeah, but it's like <clears throat> people will look at that and because if it's if the retool is done badly, they'll call it a ripoff. Or, or, and you know, in some ways it is, kind of. I mean, if you take that word. But if it does enough things differently, is it really a ripoff? Yeah, but do you consider the, the sequel trilogy to have done enough things differently where it isn't a ripoff? Well, yeah, kind of. Because as I said, it's not about Rey abandoning her, you know, foster parents and learning that she... Oh, I mean, it is has a lot of the same sort of familial shit. I'm not going to lie. But it, yeah, it's not it's, like it's, she it's, has a Han Solo exactly or she has a Leia exactly. Like, she has her own story. All right. Well, uh... So we we covered reboot, we covered remakes, we covered... Well, actually, I wanted to bring up another reboot real quick, because I thought about it as we were talking about it. Um, ba have you ever heard of Bomberman Act Zero? Is that the one that uh, came out on the Xbox that was, like, super that, gritty? That is correct, sir. Okay. So that is an example of a reboot where it's uh, you take the basic premise and you do something completely different um it's about a guy who drops bombs really the story of bomberman does not get very <laughs> into depth there's not really much to to really change around so when they did add this really gritty realistic you're a tournament fighter fighting for your light in the coliseum of bombs like that is a reboot. You're taking the premise of a man who drops bomb and telling a completely different story with it. But it still has the same name? See, that? then I have to think, like, how is that not a retool? And I guess what I mean to say with that is that they meant for it to replace the original, maybe? I don't know. What, like, a reboot, for example. Let me think. Like, because, you know what? I think the idea with a reboot is that it has to have, you can have those basic elements, and it is telling the same story, but different things happen? Hmm. Because I want to look at something like DMC, right? Oh, Where no. <laughs> that's a completely different protagonist, completely different story. It, everything's completely different. It's not a reimagining, because you're not 
you know, following the same story of, you know, Son of Sparta. Well, you are following a Son of Sparta, but you are not, you're not following Dante specifically He's- going and fighting Nello Angelo and the whole fucking nine yards. It's a different story. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, he is called Dante, though. Yeah, that that's what I mean. It is also retooling a bit of the idea that he is the son of Sparta and he is Dante and he has a brother and the whole nine yards. So I, I, I think there is kind of a tough line to draw between reboot and retool. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of like a really good example to set that apart. Maybe if we go back to Halloween where there is no reboot for Halloween like where it tells the exact same kind of story again, but it's not a remake. But it, it has a retool in the sense that it has something that happens on oh, Halloween, you know what does? which is Halloween 3. You know what does? What's up? Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street both had reboots. That is true. You're trying to establish... Oh, okay. A reboot is when you're trying to establish a new canon. That's a great way to label it. Okay, because Resident Evil 7 is not a reboot because it's still kind of a sequel in a way. So that is a retool. It is a retooled sequel. Whereas Friday the... Actually, Nightmare on Elm Street is a great example. Thank you. Nightmare on Elm Street, the reboot for that one was trying to tell and create a new cinematic like universe, a new canon of the series. It wasn't like... Uh, uh, a sequel that used elements of something else it was a reboot and it wasn't a remake because it told the story differently and it wasn't a reimagining because it didn't tell the same story you know what i mean differently it told a completely different story see i think that's the difference god damn so like resident evil 2 and 3 are still reimaginings because they're still telling the same story albeit differently Whereas a reboot is telling a completely different story using the same premise. <laughs> Alright. Is there anything else we need to cover? I, I sincerely hope I didn't, like, confuse everyone. Like, I, I'm trying to think of a way I can simplify everything I just said. No, I, th- I think it's pretty suffice the way you... Uh... You described everything, and we were using examples. But if you have any so, questions, feel free to tweet at Bone King TV. <laughs> yes, and at Adrian MDOD. No, um, don't don't involve me in this reboot. Compl- no, you need to. Come on, I can't do this alone. <laughs> I need help. Fuck. But but no, like in order to simplify it for you guys, just in a way, because we didn't even touch the fucking Final Fantasy VII remake. Um. And I did want to, because that was the whole fucking catalyst for this discussion in the first place. That and Resident Evil 3 remake, which I'm, I have to call them that because that's what they're fucking labeled, but whatever. Um, there, I learned some things about Final Fantasy 7 quotation marks remake that really, like, even beyond the gameplay being completely different, it changes things where I, I genuinely want to see if someone can argue that this is still a remake to me. Or not to me, but in general, like there is evidence that says no if you play the game, especially the end, which I'm not going to say anything because people do want to see the end of that game, even though it's just ridiculous that people are careful about spoilers to literally disc one of Final Fantasy seven. But, you know, whatever. And they still call it a remake. Um, (laughs) Let me just 
clarify what I mean by these statements. Um, a reboot is something like Nightmare on Elm Street, where they took the killer and they're trying to establish a new series with a new story, but using maybe the same origin or maybe some elements. It's kind of like a retool, but retools are not trying to establish a new canon. They are usually sequels um, or, or some sort of like spin-off. Those are usually retools. Um, a reimagining is something that tells the full story, albeit in a different way with different events. Whereas the reboot that I was saying earlier tells a completely new story. The reimagining tells the same story, but with different events. A remake, if you want to fucking do a real remake, you have to tell the exact same story, the exact same way, but with updated visuals. And maybe, because the whole idea of a, a remake is you're modernizing it. You're trying to... Infer, infer you're trying to um bring about the things that made the original good you're trying to find the aspects of it and and bring it back in a modern setting you're not supposed to change elements of it to tell the story differently because that is a reimagining okay a remake you have to tell the same story and and have the exact same kind of events but update it okay i hope that clarifies this Remake, Shadow of the Colossus. Reimagining, Resident Evil 2, 3, and Final Fantasy 7 uh, are. Retool, Silent Hill Shattered Memories, Resident Evil 7, uh, Halloween 3. Reboot, fucking Medal of Honor, uh, fucking Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and DMC. Does that clarify everything? It does. <laughs> Also, that's not even talking about how Star Fox keeps having the exact same bosses and story in every single game, but we'll get into that another day. I Thank actually so feel much. the same way about Legend of Zelda, but continue. Well, wow. So <laughs> Legend of Zelda is actually, those are sequels. Those are straight up sequels, but they just retool elements for those sequels. They are retools. But they are indeed sequels, just like how Final Fantasy or Final Fantasy VII, Resident Evil Seven is also a sequel, but it's a retool at the same time because you're retooling elements. It's not a standalone sequel. Um, yeah, no, but Zelda, Pokemon, Nintendo's really into the retools. They are huge into that. <laughs> anyway thank you guys so much for listening to the show uh this has been the fan freaks podcast f-a-n-f-r-e-e-k-s uh we want to thank you so much for listening um do you have any idea on any remakes you want to talk about or if anything you want to bring a game in question or a movie and ask us is this a remake is this a reimagining a retool a reboot is it a fucking Ro natasha romanov who knows hit us up on the twitter and the fan uh, fan freaks facebook and we'll answer all of your questions um talk to you next time and, and may i sign off just one no thing. yeah i was just doing mine go for it <laughs> just one final thing uh when you tweet at us uh being angry about reboots and remakes and stuff like that everything re uh don't shoot at us we're only human yes imagine dragons said it best i'm only human after all don't put the blame on me Rest in peace, Paul.
There's no reason for us to stay any longer than necessary. I will always remember you. Goodbye.